0: Okay, Snappers, I'm backstage at this gorgeous Norse Theater in San Francisco. On the other side of the curtain, right in front of me, are 1,800 Snappers waiting for the show. It's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. The band's out there now. People are waiting. People are waiting. Showtime. Showtime. Okay, so. I was working for big, soulless, corporate entity, right? Bean counting, bean counting, bean counting, bean counting, bean counting, bean counting. No apologies. I had bills to pay. But it felt like there was something out there. Art, music, life, that I was missing. So one day, I'm in an acting class and we're sitting there, right? Budding thespians all. And the director finally rolls in. He's got arm patches. He's got his hair slicked back, like he's come from Morocco or Buenos Aires or something like that. He takes a big flask, a long draw. Actors are so stupid. I hate actors, and I am thrilled because this guy knows his artistic side. And he asks a woman, beautiful, in front of, come and stand next to me, stand here next to me. And then he picks me. Come here. Now. I want you to show the passion. I want you to kiss the girl. Kiss her as if she is your long lost lover. Kiss the girl. Oh. Bean counter, bean counter, bean counter. <laughs> Give her a nice little friendly, friendly peck on the cheek there. No! You show the passion. She will disappear. She will move to the moon. She will deserve to stand. Kiss the girl. Kiss the girl. Kiss the girl. We make out for ten minutes. <laughs> and it is then that I know I must be an actor. <laughs> Welcome. Stay a judge, baby. It was cool, right? I got to hang out with the actors, the poets, the magicians, the artists, the people who wore hats, unironically. so one day, the director, he's more angry than usual. He comes in with this big stack of scripts. He's holding it and he throws them to the ground. This is all ridiculous. This is garbage. I shall write the great American film. I shall do it here and film it. Perhaps you shall be it. Perhaps not. Until then, goodbye. And he leaves and he goes into this loft overlooking the studio. And we're all making Hollywood film. He's gonna make it here? That's fabulous. But who's gonna teach class? I go up, I'm elected by the group, go talk to him. He's taking another pull from a silver flask and he hands it to me like a baton. And I take a drink. I am the assistant i go back down the stairs, everybody's waiting. Now, I don't know anything about acting, I do not. But I've watched a lot of TV. The whole class is taking on a, a new tenor because we're actually working for something. People think there might be an actual film. It used to be that we could kind of play around, maybe, doing the action scenes. But now, open face palm slaps across the face. It's getting painful. And, and then someone else shows up. There's a the lighting person. They come on, where do you put the lights? Put them over there. Someone calling himself a stunt coordinator shows up and wants to know if it's okay if he plans an explosion on the Windsor Bridge. I'll get back to you. And all the while, The tension is rising. I'm pretending to teach people acting. Actors are pretending to learn. We're all pretending that it's been our fondest wish forever to be in somebody else's vanity project. I'm starting to lose sleep. People are asking me, what's the picture about it? Is it a murder mystery? Is it a fantasy? Is it a karate movie? And I don't know. I do not know. I've got to find out. I got to see what's going on. I haven't
1: seen the director. I don't know anything.
0: I go up the stairs. I open the door. It smells like people and feet and alcohol. I was like, look, man, director man, um, I'd love to help you, but I gotta know what's going on, right? Everyone wants my script. You want my script there? Look, 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 there's my script there. And I look on this chalkboard, and it has three words. Man crosses bridge. The last part kinda crossed out. (laughs) (sighs) I've been had. I turn around. I'm holding everybody's hopes and dreams and wishes in my hand. They're all waiting for me. Bad news. There is no script, so there's probably gonna be no movie. And I'm waiting for people to be upset, but instead they say, Glenn, you you don't understand the process. There's a process here. I don't understand the process. I am a bean counter, I know nothing but process if y'all wanna stay, stay. I go down the stairs, I walk out of the door, and I never go back. So imagine my surprise just a few years ago when, when I see an article about a band of actors who made a movie about a man crossing a bridge. I could have been in that I could have been a star What did I do? What did I do? And that same day I got a call from The Corporation for Public Broadcasting And they wanted to know What do you think it would take What do you think it would take In order to start a weekly radio show Do you know what it would take? Yeah Take some cash. Oh, uh, no, no, we, we don't have any of that. We, we, we don't have any of that. But we're wondering maybe if you knew people, people that might be able to participate in such a project. You know any people like that? I thought about the actors, the writers, the poets, the people who wore their hats unironically. <laughs> And I told the woman, yeah, yes, I do. Today, San Francisco, we proudly present, Pass On! Story from the heart and the soul This here is Snap Judgment Storytelling with a Beat. But there is no beat without a band. Please give it up for Mr. Alex Mandel. On the bass, Tim 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 Frick, Tim Frick, Tim Frick, Tim Frick, Tim Frick. dangerous David rat San Francisco we brought a little Oakland with us if you don't mind I don't I hate to go places without my Oakland and uh we heard y'all were funkless, so we brought some funk with us as well today on The Passion Show. So thrilled to you could be joining us today. I'm just gonna get started because our first storyteller tonight, we call it The Passion. This is a show about the heart language and no one is more fluent than our next storyteller. He was with us from day one on our very, very first show and I am so delighted to welcome to this stage, Mr. Josh Healy.
2: How to help your mother set up her profile on J-Date. (laughs) One. Let the phone ring seven times before picking up. That way it seems like you're busy, but never too busy for her. After the usual small talk about what are you doing with your day, what are you doing with your life, she will ask this favor. Your mother always asks, Never commands. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference. But you've never got a request slash demand like this before. Help your mom set up an online dating
1: profile?
2: Your first instinct will be to hang up the phone. Ignore it. Remember, after all, this is still the woman who pays for your health insurance. Two, do not question her choice of a username if she wants to be known as Kabbalah Queen 57, or Bernal Heights Bookworm, or my personal favorite, the Hebrew Tina Turner, respect that decision. No need to spend too much time brainstorming. Three, don't mention your father. Four, when she mentions your father, she will use words like schmuck and 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 she will not be talking about body parts. Thank God that when she's talking about your father, she isn't using those words to talk about body parts. She will vent about how he left her for a younger woman, remarried not even five months after the divorce, how she had to raise you and your brother on her own while he got to show up on the weekend and play Batman. She hates Batman. She likes the villains, the jokers, the two-faced tricksters, They're more honest with their flaws, she will say, more fun with them too. Five, let her tell the truth. Let her stretch it as far as her broadband can go. (laughs) Let her put her age as 57, her hometown as Detroit, why not? Her religious affiliation as reconstructionist because she thinks that makes her sound exotic. It's a Jewish joke. (laughs) Smile when she says her favorite singer is Otis Redding despite the fact you know it's David Lee Roth. Her favorite drink is tequila, kombucha, and the two things she can't live without are her boys and her bagels. Don't ask which order, remember to buy some bagels. (laughs) Bite your tongue when she describes herself as easygoing, <laughs> non-judgmental <laughs> deeply spiritual and a Michelin certified four star chef let her be whoever she wants to be maybe there is more about this woman than you know six you have to ask eventually right mom You don't go to synagogue. You eat pork chops on Yom Kippur. You hate Woody Allen, Jerry Seinfeld, Billy Crystal, and definitely my father. Mom, why are you looking for a guy on J-Date? And she'll say, well, I tried ChristianSingles.com. but every guy on there was wearing a sweater vest. (laughs) Not really my thing. And you think there might be something more, something about going for what's familiar, what's comfortable, the devil you know versus the devil you don't. But this is a point you decide not to push. Seven, you take a break to make lunch. You have turkey on wheat, she wants a BLT on challah. She's a complicated woman. (laughs) You sit down at the table to make the sandwiches. It's the same table that her and your pops told you they were splitting up. You can still picture it. Your mom and him on one side, you and your brother on the other. A box of tissues in between. Next to your father, a bright red suitcase. You were 11. You didn't understand how much he could fit in that one bag, how what he took could fill a mansion. And your mother will call you from the computer room and say, hey, Chef Boyardee, where's my sandwich? Some requests are easier than others. Some rules meant to be broken. You throw an extra piece of bacon on the sandwich and say, I'm coming, mom. Eight, the sun is setting and you have to get home before the last BART train closes or goes on strike again. And you believe in solidarity, but you also believe in sleeping in your own bed. So you decide to finish this lightning round style. All right, mom, you ready? Ready. What's your perfect first date? A sunset walk along the Embarcadero. What qualities are you looking for in a man? Richard Gere's face and Angela Davis's politics. What quote, what quote do you live by? Have it your way. Who said that? Burger King. What drives you crazier? A Berkeley hippie? or a Texas Republican? A Berkeley Republican? Have you ever done cocaine? Once. Really? How was it? Awesome. That's why I only did it once. What do you think about Israel? Next question. What's your biggest regret in life? Dropping out of college to raise my children. I didn't know that. What's your biggest achievement? Being honest with my children. What do you need to be most happy in the world? my boys and my bagels (laughs) then mom why are you doing this and your mother will look at you and say because despite my better judgment and long personal history i still believe in men and i still believe in love and i want it at 61 the same i did at 41 the same i did at 21 and so I'm willing to put myself out here on this ridiculous website because you never know when the right schmuck will roll along and send you an instant message. And you type that in and you click submit and you tell your mother that when she goes on her first date, you expect her back before midnight. 11, if it's a school night.
0: Josh Healy. Snappers, if you dig Snap Live, know this. We're filming our biggest, baddest show ever at Oakland's Paramount Theater, December 1st. Tickets are available right now, right now, at snapjudgment.org. But right now, prepare yourself. Because maybe the best performance storyteller on the planet is coming to the Snap stage Stay tuned. Welcome back. You're listening to Snap Judgment, The Passion, live in San Francisco, already in progress. And please note that while this next story is an absolute masterpiece of modern storytelling, of which we are extremely proud, sensitive listeners and those with small children should be advised. Now our next guest is a true renaissance man. He's a writer, a poet, a filmmaker, a director. The last time he told a story on the snap stage, it touched millions of people around the world, his tale of family legacy. Today, he digs even closer to home. Please put your hands together for Mr. Jamie DeWolf.
3: My daughter loved bedtime stories. Tucking her in, I'd read her three fairy tales a night before she'd finally fall asleep. Her favorites were Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty, but there was one I'd always skip. When she'd ask me why I wouldn't read her Red Riding Hood, I said I can't. It gives me nightmares, maybe someday when you're older. I'd kiss her goodnight, lock the windows, check the doors, and smoke alone on the porch at midnight knowing there's worse than wolves in this world. Vallejo, California. I'm 21 years old. My girlfriend's 23 and we move with our newborn daughter into the only apartment complex welfare can afford. The rent is cheap because we're the first room next to the only door of a three-story complex and the doorbell is broken. So every hour, people are pounding on the front door, waking up my daughter from the crib and sending us screaming into the hall, next time, call first the complex is next to a bus stop and a porn store we sleep with a baseball bat beside our bed and the only thing that separates us from the street is that door and our deadbolt. all i want is to shut out the world to ignore the slurred screams from the second story the passed out people on the sidewalk but i can't ignore the girl in the hallway it's hard to i see her every day she has a got-to smile, messy brown hair, and a doll that dangles from its only arm. Every day she asks me, what's your baby's name? I say, it's Nadia, remember? She always wants to come inside, but I don't know which door she belongs to. Don't want parents to watch her going into a stranger's home, so I say, maybe another time, okay, honey? Why don't you go run along now? Go and play. Every day I see her coloring books on the staircase, just another part of the complex, like the white guy on the porch with bad tattoos who asks me for a cigarette every time I take out the trash. Every morning, what's your baby's name? I answer and she never remembers till it becomes just another noise like the gunshots a block away or the sirens that become my daughter's first lullabies. One day the girl is crying, so she's hungry, so, We finally invite her inside, and I give her cookies and milk like a stray cat. She wants to stay, but it's our daughter's bedtime. You got to go to your own home now, okay, honey? I'll see you tomorrow. She waved goodbye to my daughter. Then I locked the door behind her and left her in the hallway. The next day, she disappears. It's December 9th, 1999. By midnight, cops are knocking two days later fbi agents are pounding on the front door news van spotlights blast through the blind now the missing girl has become an official case when i see her face on the 10 o'clock news it's the first time i realize i never knew her name zianna fairchild she's seven years old born in prison to a mother-in for auto theft They sent her to her great-aunt, Hawaii, to grow up swimming in warm waters until her mother demanded her back. Zianna's only lived in our complex for six months. The rumor is her mother's been running meth missions down to Mexico and leaves Zianna for days alone on the staircase. The neighbors two doors down have been feeding her, even called Child Protective Services, but nothing changed. The rest of us did nothing and locked our doors to a girl we saw every day. Now her great aunt flies back from Hawaii with an army of reporters, national news, candlelight vigils, thousands of posters on every street corner, hundreds of thousands volunteer to march through forests and marshes, looking for an answer no one wants to find at their feet. Zianna's mother and her boyfriend are too strung out for the spotlight. I overhear him slur about having to make another appearance at the volunteer center in the morning as the police monitor their every move building their case. Bobby, the boyfriend, was the last person to see Ziana. He's a guy that asked me for cigarettes every time I take out the trash. His story of that morning changes every day. First he dropped her off at school, then he took her to the bus stop, then maybe she walked alone. They give him a polygraph test and he fails, and his prison record hits the front page. He's an ex-con just released for holding down his ex-girlfriend's infant son under scalding hot water. His past now exposed, Bobby stops showing his face. The neighbor above me with a tattooed tear says, if Zianna doesn't come home, Bobby's gonna go missing himself one day. Bobby and the mother avoid the press as canines sniff our staircase and lab technicians spray our dumpster for blood stains. The word is they don't have enough evidence to charge Bobby as the weeks turn into months and the reward grows to 75 grand. Bobby and the mother know the world is watching, so they try to move out at midnight, but cameras come out of the shadows. Neighbors screaming at Ziana's mother for sticking with this monster. She shoves reporters out of the way, and then there's a moment outside by the car where I'm alone with Bobby. He asked me for a cigarette. I say, no way. I wanna smash his face in to hurt him the way he hurts children. But then the cameras come back, and I know I miss my moment. They drive away past a poster of a gap-toothed girl grinning on the street corner. It's been eight months, and Zianna still hasn't come home. Every new parent knows you're paranoid enough of thumbtacks on the carpet and every sharp edge to a table. But now I'm awake until sunrise against my daughter's crib, afraid she's going to miss a single breath. A month later, another girl goes missing, only blocks away. She's eight years old, kidnapped for three days, handcuffed to a stick shift in a parking lot as her abductor is inside a Home Depot, shopping for a body bag to fit her height. She escapes a car full of Polaroids and duct tape, flags down a trucker on the freeway, and finally, the wolf of Vallejo bears his face. It wasn't Bobby. I was wrong. We were all wrong. It was worse. His name is Curtis Dean Anderson. A taxi driver and a family friend of Ziana. A man a man who I'd opened the apartment complex door for many times before. He was a monster, a deadbolt didn't stop. Just another cab driving down the same street my daughter took her first steps on. A man who watched Zianna walk alone to school every morning as her neighbors locked our doors on a girl we saw every day. A year after she went missing, they found Zianna's skull in the Santa Cruz mountains, identified only by her grinning gap teeth. Curtis pled guilty to avoid the death penalty, claimed to have killed a dozen more girls, but their bodies were never found. He bragged to his cellmate about what he had done to Ziana. details I would never repeat. He died of natural causes in prison the same year my daughter reached Zianna's age. Ziana was across every headline, but now she's yellowing newsprint, empty volunteer centers, A testament to locked doors. She was a story I could never tell my daughter. Why Red Riding Hood gave me nightmares. Some girls never make it out of the forest. Some stories children should never hear. It's been 15 years and I wish I had someone to apologize to. I don't know if I could have saved you, but I could have done something could have invited you in instead of shutting you out with the dead bull. I'm sorry. I can't drive past our old apartment complex without thinking of you trying to open our door with seven-year-old arms. I didn't know your story when you were alive. But I can tell it now and ask the world to remember your name. Zianna Fairchild the girl I left in the hallway. I don't want to ask for a moment of silence, but I want to ask a moment of noise for her. Make noise so she can hear you, please.
0: Put your hands together one more time for Jamie the Wolf. I appreciate the bravery it took to come out here and share that story. The amazing Jamie DeWolf is just one of the incredible storytellers that will rock the Snap Judgment stage at Oakland's beautiful Paramount Theater Friday, December 1st. We're filming the whole thing in glorious Technicolor, so wear a big smile because you're invited. going to laugh, going to cry. All new stories from the nation's top storytellers, backed by the beats of Bell's Atlas. Pickles available right now. Right now at SnapJudgment.org. What's that? Yes, Nashville. You're up next. Yes, St. Louis. You're next, too. Tickets available at snapjudgment.org. Now, in just a moment, you're not going to believe what Don Reed does with butter. When Snap Judgment Live continues, stay tuned. Welcome back to Snap Judgment, the passion, live from WNYC we have saved you the very best seat in the house because the storytelling is going down. Now then, next up, I am so excited. Before there was a snap, right when it was a twinkle, a twinkle, a tinkle, twinkle? When it was a twinkle in our eyes, Marcus, we wanted to get this guy. And, uh... Called him up, he's like, (laughs) ha ha, fellas, look at the time. Um, Appreciate it, but we finally cornered him in a dark alley and made him an offer he can't refuse. Ladies and gentlemen, Oakland's master storyteller, Mr. Don Reed.
4: Clap for you! Clap for you! Here we go. A thoom, a boom, thoom, boom, but thoom, boom, ow, a ow, a ow. boom, 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 Pimps out, out, ooh out, 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 Pimps pimps out, 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 our pimps be stopping their heels on East 14. <laughs> Our pimps be sliding in caddies down East 14.
1: <laughs> Our
4: pimps be spitting that game on East 14. <laughs> Our pimps be living the life on East 14. A plot, out, 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 out. I grew up on East 14 in Oakland, California. Out, 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 out. In the '70s. When I was like 10 or 12 years old, my mother and father divorced, and my mother remarried. She married a guy who made us be in that religion where they knock on your door at seven o'clock in the morning. You know that religion when they knock on your door at seven o'clock in the morning? The one they knock on your door at seven o'clock in the morning? The one they knock on your door at seven o'clock in the damn morning? The one that rhymes with Jehovah's (laughs) Sitnesses. You know what I'm talking about. With the no birthdays, no Christmas and definitely no pepper air. You definitely could not do the pepper air in that religion at all. And as a teenager, all I could think about is doing the pepper air to somebody. So at age 16, I got tired of all the rules and the regulations, and I decided to move from the kind of middle-class area with the. and the picket fences, to the other end of these 14th, to go live with my real father. Out, out, ooh, out, out, out. I think I went too far. See, I'd gone to the other extreme. My older half-brothers already lived there. One older brother was a player. A ladies' man. My other brother wanted to be a lady. No, he did. He was uber gay. He was extra gay. Other gay people go, ah! (laughs) Don't be that gay. And my father, my dear old dad, he just so happened to be a pimp. But I didn't know it. I just thought he was really into hats. So set your watches back to 1970-something and come with me down to East 14th. A true tale of a reluctant player. out When I was like nine years old, everybody called me blinky. Cause I used to bat my eyes like crazy. Bling 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 And I did that all the way up into my teen years so my teen years, I'm knocking on doors 100 hours a month spreading the word, blinking, <laughs> just a nervous mess, right? A power nerd. I was a power nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so by the time I moved over to my father's house, my older brother, Daryl, player, had plenty, plenty of girlfriends. He walked up to me one day. He was like, yo, 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 yo. You know what, man? You ain't cool at all. We need to work on you. We need, we need to get you right, get, set you straight. You know, you know what? The main thing we need to do, we need to fix your hair. My brother's trying to convince me, because I had a nice size afro at the time, that I needed to part my hair down the center and permit to what was called our Lord Jesus cut. Part my hair down the center and permit to what was called a Lord Jesus cut but I was a little reluctant to do it because my friend named Donnell had done it and it didn't turn out too good. Donnell was a nice black, like black black, like National Geographic black, right? And Donnell had experimented and put some blonde highlights in his hair. Dark skin, blonde hair. He looked like a water buffalo. Didn't look good at all. I finally did mine and it turned out great. No blonde highlights at all though, right? So one day my brother walks in. Yo, 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 Check this out. Today we're gonna go roller skating and we're gonna meet some girls down at the lake. Now you gotta understand what Lake Merritt was like in the 1970s. In the middle of our diverse concrete jungle was the oasis, Lake Merritt, where people met on sunny, sunny Sundays. To roller skate and dance, roller skate and drink, roller skate and a hit on each other all day long. And we were going to go, but we couldn't find any hair care products anywhere in the house. We could find nothing to do our Lord Jesus' is with. So my brother's like, look, I found a little bit of something to do my hair with. You find something. You catch the bus. <laughs> he took off. I gotta catch the bus, I gotta catch the bus, but I'm going, I'm going roller skating. I'm gonna meet me some girls if it was the last thing I do today. I'm gonna roller skate and meet some girls. I looked all over the house for something to do my hair with. Every drawer, every shelf, I looked at every room, every place, and I finally found something in the kitchen. Some butter, that's greasy, ain't it? So I swear to God, I got a big gob of butter, and I went in the bathroom mirror and I started rubbing it into that Lord Jesus hairstyle. And at first it kind of, it kind of, it kind of looked like I had some damn butter in my hair, because that's what it was, right? <laughs> but I kept working on it until it got a nice sheen, and you couldn't tell it was butter at all. And I was ready to go roller skating at the lake. Yeah! Out! 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 ow, ow. ow, ow, ow. Walking down the street to the bus stop, and I stop along the way to check my hair in a side view mirror in a car, and the sun is melting it. It's looking even sheenier. I was like,
1: yeah!
4: I kinda misjudged though how long the walk was gonna be down to the bus stop. It was getting kinda hot. I'm like, it was getting hot. I was trying to keep my enthusiasm on, but. Like, I checked my hair in another side view mirror along the way, and I realized I was sweating a little butter down, just like that. Like a little butter river. I'm like, that's not good at all. But I kept going, because I want to go roller skating. So I'm walking, and it's getting hotter and hotter. Finally get down to the bus stop. The bus shows up. The doors opened, and that cool air conditioning wafted and wafted upon me. I'm like, yeah, that feels good. I paid my money. I walked towards the back. I sat in that seat near the back by that bulbous mirror. You know that bulbous mirror back there where the bus driver watches, you know, bad kids trying to sneak sneak on, or old ladies getting off safely? I sat back there by that bulbous mirror, and about 15 minutes into the ride, I was feeling cool and rejuvenated, like, yeah! Another 15 minutes into the ride, at some point, I caught my reflection in that bulbous mirror. Apparently, the air conditioning on the bus had acted as some kind of refrigeration unit. And my hair turned stark white. Dark skinned white hair, I looked like a water buffalo. I got off the bus people like, damn, he looked like a water buffalo, what's going on? Why is his hair white, is he an old man? What the hell's going on with him, right? But I remembered heat, heat, I remembered heat, heat, heat. So off the bus, I got back into another side view mirror off a car, I got it back to sheen, I worked on it, I got it back, I said, that's what warmth is, sheen it up, okay, I got it back to sheen, and you couldn't tell it was butter at all. I was ready to roller skate and meet me some girls, yeah! I went over to where they rent the roller skates and I saw this girl named Latana. I said, hey Latana, how you doing? You know the look somebody's giving you when they look in you right in the eyes or two inches up at your new messed up hairstyle? She's like, ah, 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 ah. But I don't know why she would be doing that because I just re-melted it and it should look good. I was about to find out what was going on, right? I said, hey, Latana, uh, did you wrench your skates or did you? Did you wrench your skates or do you own? <laughs> About 300 gnats and two flies. <laughs> I said, Eureka, this brother wore some butter in his hair down to the lake. <laughs> bon Appetite, right? And I remember trying to. I'm like, look at all these gnats and flies all over the place. She's like, no, 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 no. They ain't all over the place. they just right over your head right there. Like a black cloud, they congregated. In. I see him, I see you. I see him, I see him, I see him. I said, Latana, I'll talk to you later, okay? I'll, I'll talk to you later. I'm I'm, going to skate with you later. So I went like 150, 200 yards away from everybody and everything by myself down to the edge of the lake to make sure it was me and the butter that was causing such a commotion. It was definitely me. It was definitely me. I started heading home. My brother called out from way across the way. He's like, yo, 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 yo. Yo, 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 yo. Where are you going? There's a whole bunch of girls over here. I said, there's a whole bunch of gnats and flies over here. I'm taking my ass home. I remember sitting at the bus stop, seeing those commercials for Africa with those poor children having to deal with all those damn flies. But they don't, they have higher priorities than shooting away flies. So they just sitting there doing like this. And they're like, if I shoot one away, another one's just going to come right back. So I'm sitting there dealing with that, they're doing figure eights on my face. I'm like, ah, this is not good at all. And I was like, ah, forget it. A little later, my father, the pimp, the same one who pushed me to go to finish high school, go to UCLA. He came to me around that time. He said, you know what? Baby, the reason why things ain't working out for you is you're trying to be something you ain't, all right? All you need to do is be yourself. All you gotta do is just be your damn self. And to that I say, thank you, Daddy.
2: Thank you guys!
0: you got to know that we have much love for Alex Mandel who composed. Each and every piece of music you just heard was performed by Alex, David Brandt, and Tim Frick. And know this... If you missed even a moment of the show, not to worry. Just subscribe to the amazing Snap Judgment podcast at snapjudgment.org. iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play. If you leave a comment on iTunes, an angel will get their wings. Bring Snap with you. Don't get caught snapless. Can you imagine a greater tragedy? And oh my goodness, we're about to drop the funk with our biggest, baddest Snap Judgment live show ever. We told you about it. Brand new stories from Don Reed, from Jamie the Wolf, Joyce Lee, the closer James Judd, and Jen Colbert. You're gonna laugh, you're gonna cry, you're gonna laugh some more. December 1st at Oakland's beautiful Paramount Theater. Come party with Team Snap. Tickets might be available at snapjudgment.org. And Nashville, St. Louis, we're coming for you next. I'm gonna get a cowboy hat and everything. Snapjudgment.org. And even though this is not the news, this can't be the news, we're not dressed for it. But this is WNYC.